All right. So, like I said, we'll just uh, we'll probably be a little bit different than when Johnny leads, but um, we'll continue on as close to normal as we can here. So today we're continuing our series on life together in the kingdom of love with today's lesson being the art of care. So let's pray together. Um, and again, I'll read the portions in italics and we'll all talk, we'll all read together the other part. Sorry, that's so small. I didn't realize it was going to be that small on the screen. Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory, Glory to, the to the father and the son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let's continue with, uh, let's read this together. This is Psalm 108, 1 through 5. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And one more verse here from John 15. Let's read together. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. I'll read this part. O God, perfect us in love that we may conquer all selfishness and hatred of others. Fill our hearts with this joy and shed abroad in them thy peace, which passes understanding, so that those murmurings and disputings to which we are too prone may be overcome. Make us long-suffering and gentle and and thus subdue our hastiness and angry tempers and grant that we may bring forth the blessed fruits of the Spirit to thy praise and glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And once more, and now let us pray with confidence as our Savior has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to continue talking about um, the kingdom of love and today specifically the four aspects of care. And I wanted to uh, bring to your attention a poem um, that I read this morning that I thought was particularly um, topical. And it's a poem called The Song of Life by a guy named Charles McKay. Um, Just a little intro. It says, the Roman statesman Seneca wrote that wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. No selfless act is insignificant. And this is the poem. It goes like this. A traveler on a dusty road strewn acorns across the lee, and one took root and sprouted up and grew into a tree. Love sought its shade at evening time to breathe its early vows, and age was pleased in heights of noon to bask beneath its boughs. The dormouse loved its dangling twigs, the birds sweet music bore. It stood a glory in its place, a blessing evermore. A little spring had lost its way amid the grass and fern. A passing stranger scooped a well where weary men might turn. He walled it in and hung with care, a ladle on the brink. He thought not of the deed he did, but judged that toil might drink. He passed on again and lo, the well, by summer never dried, had cooled 10,000 parched tongues and saved a life beside. A nameless man amid the crowd that thronged the daily mart let fall a word of hope and love unstudied from the heart. A whisper of the tumult thrown, a transitory breath. It raised a brother from the dust. It saved a soul from death. O germ, O fount, O word of love, O thought at random cast, ye were but little at the first, but mighty at the last. So, the first aspect of care that we want to talk about is, as we have up there, attentiveness. Um, Just for a little feedback, when we think about caring for others, what character qualities or aspects do you guys think would be important in caring for others? Or what to you is important when someone is caring for you? Listen. Okay, listening. Very good. What else? Yeah. If you say you're going to show up, show up. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. What else? Non-judgmental. Oh, yeah. Don't care for me and tell me all the things that are wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're actually doing a devotional together uh, from, I don't know if you guys know who Bob Goff is. Uh, he recently wrote a book called Everybody Always. And the theme behind the book and the title is that we should love everybody always, which is, you know, that's a very Christian thing to say, like, right? It's like, yeah, it's not not anything real revolutionary there. Um, But the thing that's really revolutionary about the book and that really sticks out to me is just how much that love of everybody always is the only thing that we give to people. It's not judgmental. Um, It's not restrictive. It's not um, uh, trying to 
form a person into who you think they should be, which is a lot of times what our love is, right? I mean, like, when we think about it as a parent, that's also kind of our job is to form a person who they think be, we think they should be. But when we love other people, we love them in a way that makes them, you know, look more like ourselves or, or be more like us. And this book, the thing that's really revolutionary about it is that it's not love, you know, for the sake of them becoming a Christian or love for the sake of them, you know, doing things right. But it's just love. And it really kind of stops there. It's just loving everybody always. And so it's a really good book. I'd recommend it um, if you haven't read it. And Bob Goff is a great, great author as well. Um, His first book was called Love Does. And that's also a real similar theme to that. So I'd, I'd really recommend it. Uh, but the first thing that, that and the aspects of care that we're talking about is attentiveness. Um, how would you guys define attentiveness? I think you said listening, which is, I think it's, that's right along the same lines. What else would be, what else would characterize attentiveness as we care for others? Not going only off of what they're saying, oh. but maybe their emotions or their body language or, you know, you can tell when when there's a little bit more in what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Reading the signals, reading between the lines. Yeah, because because even listening to what they're saying, they may be actually telling you something that's different than how they're feeling. Like how many times do we approach someone in church and say, how are you? Great, I'm great. (laughs) When not everything is not great, right? And so attentiveness can be like reading between the lines. I like that, Ramey. What else? Really focusing on that person and not thinking about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, for me, um, if a person has a problem, uh, the first thing I'm thinking about is, you know, like how can I solve that problem, right? And it's and that's exactly right that a lot of times we sort of skip to the end, right? Like, okay, your problem is this. Well, then your solution is this, right? It's not like a, it's not about hearing. It's not about forming a relationship. It's like, what is your problem? I will solve that problem if I can so that we can, you know, like sort of skip this uncomfortable place where you are, where you have a problem and it's a, and it's an issue for you. We like want to skip that, that sorrow, that woe. But sometimes that's the most important part of what we need to go through in our growth is the sorrow and the woe and the quiet times with ourselves to, to endure with ourselves and God. You know? Yes. Yeah. Skipping through that, it can be more harmful than so that's a part of the tenderness too. Yeah. Not skipping through all that. Yeah, so we're doing this devotional together. I think Devin's in there as well. The um it's called Uncommon. And um and it's one of the, the topics this week was facing giants, right? And you know, like how we've all faced really difficult circumstances in our lives. Do we wish that we had never had those difficult circumstances? Maybe in some cases, but what type of person would you be if you had never faced a situation that was insurmountable? And so just like Ramey said, a lot of times what God is wanting is not a solution to the problem. I mean, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can solve the problem, right? He wants us to go through that process of sorrow, heartache, brokenness, and then restoration. And that restoration doesn't happen without the brokenness happening as well. It's like a learning process. Yes. Why am I going through this? And then you go down the line and you see somebody comes in like where I work 
and they're they're going through what you went through and you're like, okay, God, I get it. I did not, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, at first you're thinking, why? Yeah. But then you, he shows you, this is why. You yeah. get it? And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, God, here I am. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. And I would never have that experience if I had not experienced that difficult exactly. time before yeah. that. Right. Um, some ideas about attentiveness, paying attention, noticing needs and struggles, um, and then really listening. I, I think I agree with that too. Really, really listening um, to someone, not just skipping ahead to your mind about, okay, what am I going to say next as soon as their mouth stops moving? But like, am I really listening to the words that are coming out of their mouth? Am I really, you know, attempting to understand where they are? And that is, I mean, of all of the aspects of care, like the, the art of connecting with a person and really feeling empathy towards them is possibly the most important and powerful one that we have, right? Because we can do a lot of other things. We can physically do things, but really connecting with a person and building relationship and strengthening relationship is one of the most power, powerful um, abilities that God has given us. Um, if you think about just just on the topic of connecting with people and being unable to uh, communicate with people um, on more levels than just, you know, the sound level, but like you said, our body language, you know, our facial expressions, just the ability to understand what a person is communicating to you, even if it's, you know, conflicting with, you know, some of those signals, but the ability, I mean, if you think about how, how, how much of a challenge it is to set up your home router and your computers and all the things that are on your network, I mean, think about the infrastructure that went into, this communication like we just did with, you know, sending this signal to that just so we can communicate that signal, right? There's a whole lot of infrastructure that happens here, not to mention the power needs that are there. You know, like the fact that this phone costs, you know, an, 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 a, a, a extreme amount of money and the network that's in place all over the world that wherever I go to, I can actually use this phone. If you were gonna come up with a communication system between people, I mean, like how, where would you even start to do that? But the thing is, like, you don't need to because we can communicate on this incredibly personal, specific level, just like through the power of air, right? That's all really, and even we don't need air. We can communicate in a vacuum. We can use sign language. Like, there's so many different ways that we can communicate that it's like, this was obviously a part of what God designed us to do. The fact that I can have a thought in my head and I can, in a, in a, in a few seconds, make you have that same thought in your head just by saying it, just by communicating? How incredible is that, right? Like, we still are not at that level of wireless communication in the, in the, the, with the amount of technology that we have today, right? That wireless instant, I understand what you're saying because I'm listening to you. But God built that in from the time that human beings were, were, uh, were designed. Like, he built in that ability to have a thought to think that thought, to feel emotions, experience those emotions, emotions, and then transfer those emotions to another person. Like, how amazing is that? We st like, we're not even close to being able to do that, even with all of the virtual reality, augmented reality, all of those things. This simple act of communication, communication lets me know that this was an important part of who God made us to be. To communicate with him, but to be able to communicate with each other is just a fantastic part of how he designed us, right? Like, and I'm an engineer, so I kind of like the, the sort of mechanical, you know, properties of things. Like, how do they actually work? And I just think about, like, the way that God made our mouths and our ears and our brains and our eyes and all of that sync together to communicate true emotion and thoughts and express those to one another. So when we use our attentiveness, that's an important part of what God has called us to be. 
The second one is generosity. How does generosity contribute to our care for each other? What do you guys think? By giving of yourself. It's like, you know, it's not all about you. It's got to be about them. And, you know, little acts of kindness, and that goes a long way. Even if it's just a cup of coffee you take to your boss or a coworker, you know, that, it touches my heart when my boss comes in and says, no, you could use a Starbucks. <laughs> yes. But it helps that generosity. She was thinking about me. Yeah. But it means a lot. It touches my heart. Yeah. Because you know? she was generous enough to go through there and spend that money. You know, it's five dollars, six dollars. I'm thinking. Right. I'll take it. You so know, it's the generosity. It's, not, it's the yeah. financial generosity, but it's also the generosity of thought, right? Exactly. The generosity of like, with all of the other things that you're focusing on, yeah. to think about. Oh, they thought about me today. Exactly. Right. That's cool. How else is generosity important? Kate, do you know what generosity means? <laughs> Can you guess? Oh, it means giving. Giving a lot. So we're talking about care. And um, when, when two people, when people are connecting, generosity is important because tells the other person that you're willing to give something of yourself. Yeah. It's not all about you. You know, it's uh, the team. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, giving something of what you have to that person with, you know, with no strings attached, right? No strings. Yeah. Yeah, that's really laying down our defenses, right? Yes. In, in a lot of different ways. When we, when we bind ourselves to each other, you know, we make a commitment it's uh it's it's really like saying you know you're what i have is yours what what you have is mine and we're exchanging freely that can be like a you know can be like a sort of scary scary thought right <laughs> oh you did that was very generous good job kate Yeah, so generosity um, is another aspect of care. And when combined with attentiveness, that's a really important pair, right? Because how many times do we give people the thing we want them to have versus give them the thing that they really need, right? And so if you have generosity without attentiveness, it's not as powerful a combo as like really understanding what a person needs, kind of reading between the lines. And to me, those are like, when you think about gifts, you know, so those are like the greatest gifts. When someone thinks about, you know, what's something that you do every day that I could give you something that may be a small or maybe a big thing that could really make an impact on your life. You know, like there's something that you would use every day or something that, you know, that's important to you, something that really has value to you. Those are, those are, extre- those are really cool gifts to get, right? When someone, well, someone knows you and knows that you would really get a kick out of something. Giving, sharing, and meeting needs. And not just the needs that um, may be the superficial needs, but the needs that are really uh, the important needs, right? Okay, next is patience. Patience as an aspect of care. And I think somebody mentioned that at the beginning, right? I'm having to have patience right now with my kids. I'm ready to strangle them. <laughs> 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 you know, they're all three adults now, and just going through, actually, we had to come to Jesus last night, and I'm like, you know, it's it's hard. 
to get that patience with them and to get through to them, you know, because I told them, I said, you've got to realize in life your priorities. So you've got to realize, you know, I'm trying to, I want them to have a relationship with their dad, but it's a hard thing because he's not with God now. I mean, he's just running from God. And it's just, I don't want my kids in that environment. I know they're adults and they can make their own decisions, but, you know, you, sometimes as kids and young adults, they don't think, they do. Yes. You know, and I've got to have the patience to lead them. Does that make sense? Yeah. To kind of guide them. That's my job. That's what God gave them to me. But it's sometimes I want to be like, dear Lord, I want to just take you and I just want to stomp on you a little bit. No, I'm like, right. me. So what you're telling us is that they, as they get older, you don't have any less need for patience no, than you do now. Or anymore. <laughs> well, you might have more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. no. Yeah, that's right. There's a, you have a restricted amount of how you can how you can place your your opinion on them, that's right? So so a lot of times we think of patience as a virtue for ourselves. Like, Lord, give me patience because, you know, like I don't want to. But, but patience as an aspect of care is exactly that. Like you're really caring for another person when you're exercising that patience. Because what's important is the growth to you, right? The growth, the maturity, um, the making good choices that's there. And that's really important. And you could, you could, you know, get to that final end game. Maybe you could get there in a lot of different ways by, you know, like being putting down your foot and saying, you know, this is not going to happen, or maybe trying to impose more control, stuff like that. Um, and, and maybe some of those are the right things in certain situations, but using that patience as, as an aspect of care is a great way to not, you know, blow your own brains out, and, yeah, you know, not exactly. do something, you know, negative for another person as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think when we think of uh, like nurses, Yes. Such uh, patience is right up there. Yeah. On the list of uh, things that they have to have. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you've got a lot going on. Teachers. High stress. Yeah. Yeah. Patience is critical. Well, like on anybody's job, you have to have patience. Like whoever your coworkers, the people that come in, you know, because sometimes they're never, they're not going to see eye to eye with you. And they're always going to be the right one because you can't argue with a customer. You can't argue with a customer. <laughs> you, know, you can't argue with your boss to a degree. Does that right, make yeah. And it's like, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, well, this patient, this high thing, and they give me patience. You have to endure that. I mean, yeah. as a Christian, and they know you're a Christian, they're watching you. You've yeah. got to walk the walk, talk the talk. I'm like, you know, yeah. they watch that. And they're like, they're ready for you to stumble and yeah. see that the patient, patience is a good one. Yeah. I need more of that. Lots yeah. more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, people are kind of waiting to for that veneer to kind of wash off or break mm-hmm. off. And, like, if you just, you know, snap and something like that, they're like, oh, you know what? Like, how yeah she's just like everybody else does god really have an impact in her life you know i don't i don't think so Um, but when we exercise that patience um, it's a great way to show that we have received much and so much is required right the grace that we've received is uh, incredible um patience another word that we might use is long suffering right long suffering (laughs) And the, the final aspect uh, that we want to talk about with care is faithfulness. And I think that combines with long-suffering. So 
We're just talking about relationships with other people and caring for other people, specifically people that are hurting, people that are broken. Uh, why is faithfulness important? They need to know that they can count on you. Yeah, just a one-time connection is not going to no. fulfill that need of, you know. People are looking for faithfulness. Yeah. And they want other people who will have their back. Yeah. No, you're going to show up. Yeah. No, you're going to be faithful. Show up. You're going to say I it. I think that faithfulness is probably the the exclamation point. Yeah. Because I can just picture in my head a scenario of, okay, I'm attentive to your need. So my generosity, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go buy groceries or go buy whatever, go buy da da da. Oh, well, you didn't get me this. Oh, well, you didn't. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know? Please be patient with me. I have, you know, this going on also da da da. So you're going to get it. The faithfulness is going back and getting. Yeah. Even though they weren't. Oh, thank, thank yeah. you for doing. Right. Uh, by the way, you know, if you get a chance, you know, we didn't get this or, or, or whatever, you know, but that's the patience yeah. instead of instead of looking at it, but they weren't thankful. You know, well, <laughs> right. you know, the faithfulness is, is following through with, okay, yeah. you know what, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. How about I go back and I get that? Yeah. Yeah, that's great because a lot of times these first three things are not going to hit the nail on the head right off the bat, right? right. Like you could be attentive and attentive and generous and also patient, but that's not necessarily the end of the transaction or the end of the problem, right? So that faithfulness is what's important. Unless we're unless you're you guys are perfect, unlike me. I mean, like if you're perfect, yeah, you get it every time. But if you're not perfect, it's going to take some some repetition. It's going to take some redoing. So, yeah, I really like that. That's good. Right? I think that example is really good because a lot of times our all of our aspects of care will all depend on how it's received. And you know, if it's not well if we don't get what we feel we're owed, yeah, then we want to wash our hands of it. And I think that's a great aspect of looking at it as it doesn't you know, even if it's not, you know, well received with the thank you, oh, you're so great, thank you so much. It, you know, if they still have a need, still being willing to meet that need, regardless of how well they receive it. And I think that's one thing that um, I struggle with is that I need to I need to know how great I am for right. doing what I did. I need a little bit of feedback here about how much you appreciate. And if not, then, yes. you know, like that's, I mean, how wrong of a perspective to have, like, well, I think not only that, but like we live in a Western culture where, um, you know, everything is like it's a it's a complete process. Like you you pay for something and you get the whole thing. It's not a it's not a continuous thing. Like we like things to be wrapped and neat and tidy in a nice little package. Like I went out today and I, you know, I helped the poor or like I donated to us, uh, you know, a mission a missionary that helps the poor. So like I did that. I did that thing. Right. And like, we want to have everything nice and tidy and wrapped with a bow or like, you know, this person was hungry and I fed them, you know, like, okay, that's the end of that. But, but faithfulness and long suffering is, that's not the end of it. It's that, you know, the person was, was hungry and I fed them 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 and I fed them. Or like, I, you know, I was in prison and you visited me, right? Or I was naked and you clothed me. And these are not like a single time event, but it's something that we have to do continuously. Jesus even told his disciples that, 
the poor you will always have with you, right? And I don't think that that means that the poor you will always have with you. So this is a hopeless thing that we should never have to worry about taking care of the poor. No, it's the poor you will always have with you. So you will always be in that ministry of meeting people's needs. Always. You know, as much as we would like our society to progress, which I would, I would like there to be no more poor people. But that's not going to happen as long as Jesus tarries from the earth. There's not going to be a situation where there's going to be no poor people. You know, it's just, it's not going to happen. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't work to, to end hunger, homelessness. All of those things are very important. As a matter of fact, we should work continuously to do those. But we're not going to come to a place where it's like, oh, you know, thank goodness there's no more homeless people, right? Thank goodness there's no more hungry kids. You know, I, I read stats every week. Um, Johnny works for the East Texas Food Bank. And one in four kids in East Texas um, face what they call um, uh, food insecurity. Wow. Food insecurity. One in four kids in East Texas. Now, you think about all the people you know. And 25% of those kids don't know where their next meal is coming from. Is that not incredible? That's amazing. That's it right here in East Texas. That's the people that the food bank, you know, meets the needs of. One in four kids. And we look at the numbers in our public schools and a lot of kids that are getting free and, and, and reduced school lunches, that number is going up and up and up. It's not seeming to, you know, improve. And that doesn't mean that that's not a situation where we need to be involved and we need to be making a difference. But that does mean that it's not this one time, well, I paid some money, I, you know, I gave to that, and that's a situation that's taken care of. It requires faithfulness. And that goes directly against you know, our own culture, our own sort of internal, um, where we want to solve a problem and that be the end of the, end of the thing, right? On the kind of generosity you're going back, have y'all ever paid it forward? Yes. <laughs> that does me in. I love doing that, and I love it. I really like it. You know, you think you do it, but have you ever had somebody do it for you? Uh-huh. I sit there and cry. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, because, you know, it does touch your heart. And then the person behind you, you think, what are they going through maybe today? Yeah. And then I always tell the person, not just to reflect me, but for God, I said, tell them to have a blessed day and that God loves them. Yeah. You know, just that seed. You know, because Brother Joe tells us all the time, you know, make a difference. Get out there and we, we're going to join the church. And he says, make a difference. Step out of your comfort zone. You know, and go greet somebody in the church that you don't know. But that's kind of like paying yeah. forward. It's like, you know, you can mention your church even. Like, come, come, see, you know, <laughs> yeah. come to our church. Yeah, you know, you'll see. And I'm like, I don't know. That just kind of, I love all of this today because it's, it gets you really to thinking and everything yeah. what you can do to make a difference. Yeah. And for me, like looking at this list before, it just really brings home parenting and raising yeah. kids in this generation and in this world. And the don't give up even when it's hard yeah. and faithfulness. That is so easy when you have a kid that's struggling with whatever we have one right now yes we have one right now who he is he's never been our like fighter he's always been kind of our even kill real low maintenance child and now all of a sudden he's not and i'm just like you have lost your mind yeah. <laughs> this morning i mean this morning we were fussing at him and it's just like what is it gonna take like what and it's just it is it's being faithful it's being faithful in it and it's Faithfully reminding him, hey, the choices you're making right now are not okay choices. 
and this is why they're not okay choices, and this is how you need to change this. But it's being faithful and not just going, would you stop doing what you're doing? Because that's what I tend to go to, because I just get so frustrated with it. And so it's just that, it's that faithfulness and that patience and being long-suffering with an eight-year-old who thinks he knows everything. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you've gotten used to, you know, that compliance and that easiness. You're like, you owe us that. Like, you owe us the better attitude, right? We have other kids that we don't expect that from, right? We have two easies. We need the two easies to stay easy. It's the two. To me, this is a picture of Oscar and Oh, yes. Wow. And I have yet to find a kid that didn't, that food, uh-huh. not being insecure. I mean, even case in 12th of this year, and I never really realized it with him, but until the other day when we were going on the trip. So I didn't buy milk. So we used to eat the milk, and he yeah. slipped out because his brother wasn't going to have milk. I'm like, we're picking you up at daycare, and we're going here, and mom buy milk away, do you know? Yeah. And just, you know, even though it's a year, he's never been without. He still has that for Jamie to be sure that he has his milk. That's incredible. That's, that's one thing they've almost all had in common is that, that food insecurity. They would, in the early days and weeks, they would either overeat mm-hmm. tremendously and, to make sure and they or they would, they would hoard food. Well, you know, if there was something left, they'd want to take it to their room. Always be food. Yeah. Whereas with our kids, if they came back two hours out, it'd be like, make your lunch. Yeah. So, so that's a great example of like this immediate need speaking to a much deeper need, right? Like we can meet the need of food, right? Like that's easy, but there's a deeper need that if we were just looking superficially and not ex- ex- uh, using attentiveness, then like you would never, you would never get past the fact like, look, I gave you food, you know, and then just saying like, well, that's just your problem that you're always worried about food. But there's a deeper need that, I, and I don't know how to meet that there, right? It's like it's such a psychological, so psychologically ingrained um, that even after a long time in care where there's you know food available, there's still that. It's still there, yeah. 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 When we just went on vacation, our biggest suitcase that we took was our snack suitcase. <laughs> and I mean, we we were at Disney and we did the meal plan. And so everyone kept telling us, y'all are in more than enough food. You won't, you don't need to take that many snacks. But it's between her, Celiac, and Titus, we needed to, I needed to have all these snacks. And he packed, he got, he had a gallon size baggie and he could pack whatever snacks he wanted. And every night his snack bag was empty. And we had, I mean, huge meals. He was considered an adult, and he could order a steak, and he would eat this steak. And then 10 minutes later, he'd be getting a snack out. So it's the same, it's that same thing of just knowing that there's going to be something there. And so. She made, she was at my dinner with the boys the other night, and was just kind of looking for something to look at easy to put stuff going on. And we bought this crumbled bacon from Sam's. Uh-huh. And the reason we bought it, we scrambled eggs. 
Um, these are, yeah, these are great um, aspects of care that we should, we should really seek to emphasize uh, in our relationships with one another. And the last thing that I want to mention um, just about faithfulness is that, um, you know, I think we also, and maybe it's with good intentions, but we also seek as individuals to have a big impact, right? Like we want to reach a lot of people. We want to make a difference in a lot of lives. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not how God uses most people, right? And we think about the impact that we can have may be very small if we try to reach a lot of people. But if we reach those that are closest to us, the people that God has brought into our lives, the impact that we can have on them will be tremendous. And fostering is just such a great example of that. You think about all of the time and effort and care that you put into changing a single person's life or 17 people's lives for a short window of time. You may, you may not ever you know, stand before millions of people, but the impact that you're going to have on those people who will then have an impact on the people that come after them is, you know, it gets big really, really quick. And not that that should be our goal, but, but we shouldn't you know, overlook this very small, and like you said, not even you know, like very significant things like paying it forward for the person behind you. We shouldn't overlook the impact that that can have on people for just their day or maybe for a long time and, you know, a long time after that, you know. And it's not, you know, the impact that our act of kindness can have, but what that says to them about God and God's care for them that can really make a difference. So as we are exercising these aspects of care, we are caring for people in the only way that God has ever cared for people, and that's to use a human being to come down and make a difference in their lives. And he did that with his own son, but he continues to do that to this day because, like the great song says, we are his hands and his feet, right? There, he, God has the uh, infinite power. He could come down and meet people's needs for hunger, for, for uh, meet their need uh, to overcome loneliness, to overcome brokenness. He could do that in a physical way if he chose, but he has never chose to do it that way. He's always chose to use people just like us to administer this care. Right. I know, sorry, we were late. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it brings me back and, and even at this the, the faithfulness when I went to Guatemala planning future trips we, one of the things we did when we were there we visited some families where some stoves some work had been done in the past kind of see the, the results but we stopped at a grocery store and bought some groceries Probably it was like ten or twelve dollars, and 
basically fed that family for a week. Yeah. You know, and you think about if you stop at, at Starbucks, you know, Starbucks for two is ten or twelve dollars. You know, I mean, I stop at the Blood Burger and have lunch. It's ten dollars. <laughs> you know, and, and then you kind of come back to people that that can never ever repay. Them. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I like the idea of that idea of generosity is a relative thing, right? I mean, what's very small for you could be very impactful for a person. And what's very, what's very big for you could also make a very small impact on someone too, right? It, there's no guarantee um, that it's going to make a difference. But that should not stop us from being generous with all of the things that we have. Meet the need that they have, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that in mind, we'll close in prayer and get back over to the service. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you care for us uh, in this way and that you use people to do it. God, thank you that we're a part of this, uh, this path, that you, you reach people through us, Lord God. And help us to be generous and attentive and patient and faithful uh, with all those that we come into contact with, Lord Jesus. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.
Thanks for coming, y'all.